0: And a lot of the times people are just skating. they're just working really, really hard and when they get to the finish line, it's a little bit too late to implement the necessary planning that could have taken place that would have absolutely pumped them up into the right position.
1: Welcome to the business behind your business, conversations to help your business grow and thrive. Hi, I'm Paul Sweeney, founder of Premium Solutions, chartered accountants and certified business advisors hosting the business behind your business. Welcome back to the business behind your business. And we're looking today at this whole idea of what happens when you retire, what happens when you sell your business, and are you going to have enough money available to live the lifestyle that you want? Now, it's a question that we get asked often when people are at the pointy end, they're, they're at the time of selling their business and they realise that they may not get enough from the business sale to, to fund that lifestyle that they're looking for. Too often we rely on the proceeds from selling our business to to live the life that we want in retirement but there are other ways to do it and you know in australia we have the superannuation system but it's not something that a lot of self-employed or, or business owners take advantage of we're going to have a look at why you should be investing in your super as a business owner now the best person i know to talk to me about superannuation is jim mills from Merrick planning so jim welcome back to the microphone
0: Thank you very much, Paul. Very happy to be here. It's good
1: to have you back. And yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a while, but this is a conversation that you and I have had off air a number of times talking yes. about superannuation and why business owners ignore it. Mm. And particularly around the, the whole idea of, you know, when you come to sell your business, a lot of people rely on how much money they're going to get from their business. And unfortunately, we see that what's left after the tax or, or from the sale is not enough. So the best method, I think, and, and we've talked about this, is superannuation. Can you just explain how that works, Jim?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think major part of the problem is that for self-employed people, we put everything into our businesses and our business is plan A. And quite often they might push superannuation into plan B. But um, in reality, what we should start thinking about is that superannuation is absolutely a part of plan A. It's in partnership with your business and it, it actually works with your business and it's about to actually, you know, maximize your, your tax deductions. They build wealth in the most tax effective environment possible. But, you know, of the, of the number of people that self-employed in Australia, 10% are either sole traders or in partnerships and they don't have any compulsory superannuation obligations. So that's part, that's part number one. The ninety percent of the rest of us that are that are uh, employed and um, in a company structure or as an employee of our own businesses, we're trying to pay ourselves as little as possible to pay the least amount of tax. You know, so then if we apply superannuation guarantee across to that, obviously we start neglecting it, and um, you know the problem then does become that you know with a lot of startups in in this country and uh, the, num- the amount of time it gets to be really strong from a cash flow uh, perspective you know you miss out and you, and and there is this major neglect that's happening in the superannuation space and what people need to really be starting to think about is what is the end outcome of what I'm trying to achieve here in my business and what is going to be the most effective way for me to to get to that specific number that I need that's going to then be able to produce passive income for me in retirement and A lot of the times people are just skating. They're just working really, really hard. And when they get to the finish line, it's a little bit too late to implement the necessary planning that could have taken place that would have absolutely pumped them up into the right position. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, 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 and that's...
1: Look, it's a hard conversation to have with somebody as they're retiring or about to sell their business about mm. what could have been and how much they're not going to get. It's a, You know, it's a heartbreaking situation to be in when somebody's invested 20, 30 or more years mm. in business mm. and they come to that situation and it's not going to deliver. It's not going to deliver. Yeah. They've been investing in, in running the business and, and saving tax but not thinking of that, that end game of, of after they... Exit the business. what's, yeah, the, what's the day you're
0: going to be? And you know, seventy-three percent of business owners in Australia are aged between thirty to fifty-nine years of age. So it's pretty even. Thirty to forty. There's, I think, it's about thirty uh, percent, and forty to fifty-nine is is the remainder there. So there's a. If we took a cross section, right? Let's say let's let's take a forty-year-old. Who might have 20 years left of working? Okay, let's say that they want, in today's um, value of money, $100,000 of passive income in retirement. Okay, so that would mean then, in we have to apply inflation to that uh, $100,000 from today. So if we use the RBA um, target rate of between two and three, and we apply 2.5% inflation on that $100,000 passive income, in 20 years it becomes $160,000 that needs to be passively created. And if we were looking to achieve like a 4% dividend passive income or 4% rental passive income off the wealth that they've accumulated, that means that they need to be sitting on $4 million in their super fund in 20 years' time to have a $100,000 lifestyle in today's value of money. You know, so that's... Going to come from a variety of different things. There's investment return. There's taking advantage of contributions into the fund. So we know that year on year, a self well anybody can use the concessional contribution cap of twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars each year. And there's also non-concessional caps, personal contributions. So you know, each time an employer um, or a self-employed person makes that payment into their fund, they're creating a tax deduction for the business. There's opportunities there. And when eventually they do come to sell the business. They've got the the small business capital gains tax rollover relief option, which allows up to five hundred thousand bucks of that business sale into the super fund tax without without incurring any tax. You know, the the end game has to marry. You know, so I did some calcs, and um, if that forty year old say say at age forty he had a couple of hundred thousand bucks in super. And he, or she, I should say. And and that's actually a good point for me to make too, because of all of the self-employed people in Australia, did you know 36% of them are actually females? And of the part-time managers in small business, 58%. Are actually females. so we should be, you know, we should be proud as a as a nation of uh, equal opportunity and 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 growth in the in the, in the uh, self employed space that there's absolutely equal kind of representation happening there. So if this if this self employed person started off with a couple of hundred thousand dollars in super at age forty, and they took advantage of the maximum concessional contribution over uh, twenty years, every year. And if they were invested in, say, a moderately aggressive um, kind of a portfolio that was achieving on average around about eight to nine percent per year, they would end up retiring on two point three million dollars in twenty years. So remember that if they wanted to be on a hundred thousand dollars; they needed four, right? So, so hopefully, business sale pumps that up closer to that number, or they start realizing that you know their level of lifestyle might not need to be a hundred if they've done the planning around it. You know, so if we were to say that you know the lifestyle was dropped down to eighty thousand dollars over twenty years. That becomes I'm just doing the couch live as we have a chat. That becomes one hundred and twenty-seven thousand. Now to achieve one hundred and twenty-seven thousand, we're going to need uh, around about two point six million versus four. Okay, so remember that that forty-year-old with a couple of hundred thousand dollars is making his maximum concessional contributions every year. He ended up with two point three in the fund, and he needs two point six. We're getting a lot closer now with a little bit of realistic planning about what to expect. But superannuation has to marry it, you know. I mean, if all you're doing is working, 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 um, pulling out the minimum minimum amount of income that satisfies your, you know, debt liabilities and your lifestyle expenses and that's it and the rest is sort of being gobbled up and not being planned for properly, you know, you, you're, you're just not doing the best you can do for yourself and you're not thinking with the end in mind, you know, which is why are we, why are we in business in the first place? You know, because we, we, we appreciate that we've got a higher earning potential, potentially. We want to be the master of our own destiny. We want control of our lifestyle. But that doesn't stop the day you sell the business. And that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're staring down the barrel of, of looking at Centrelink benefits after you've worked for yourself all that time. It just doesn't compute. You know, so then a re- like a more of an open mind and, and, a, and a, uh, like, a, like a passion for planning would go a long way.
1: Mm. And look, 2, 2.3, 2.6 million of, of accumulated super over 20 years is, I think, a lot easier to achieve than the alternate, which is expecting to get 2.3, 2.6 million
0: yeah.
1: after point. tax from yes. selling your business. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think, you know, most businesses. Most small, medium businesses won't achieve that. In fact, most of them won't achieve more than more than half a million dollars, or even right. yeah, close to a million. Uh, right. Because we're coming to this situation where we have so many businesses coming on the market as people approach retirement, people looking mm-hmm. to exit. So we've got, mm-hmm. a, 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 I guess, a surplus of businesses available. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. When there's a when there's a surplus of businesses, you pick and choose as the as the purchaser which one you're going to. Buy. So there's no guarantee as well that's that if you list your business for sale that you will actually sell it yeah. uh, and that's a trap. So there's two two aspects to what we're looking at here. We're looking at the, I guess, the, the, the slow and steady approach, which is super, which is regularly contributing and making sure that we do that. So we're building <laughs> up uh, a retirement fund outside of our business. Hmm. But the other one is looking at how do we increase not just the value of our business to a, for a sale, but the salability of our business,
0: yeah. and that doesn't happen overnight. be of these
1: the strategies. Industry.
0: Yeah, it's not the end in mind, Paul. You know, I mean, they they have to. They're hand in hand, aren't they? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You can't you can't just turn up and uh, or the next day and think I'm going to sell my business for two two and a half million dollars. There's a bit of planning that has to go in it. You have to create a business that's worth two and a half million dollars to somebody else
0: exactly they're prepared to pay. So, you know, I mean, we should pat ourselves on the back in Australia from what small business actually represents, you know, because you know, we, did you know that small business in Australia adds up to 32% of our entire gross domestic product? Like 32% is what we represent and we employ 41% of the Australian workforce. Mm. You know, so I mean, we work hard, we are an integral part of this nation. And it's just so sad to see somebody working so hard. And, you know, the average self-employed super balance between age 60 to 64, I'm just looking at a, at a study here from ASPA, it says $140,000 is the average. That's that's sad. That's That doesn't go anywhere to, to providing for somebody. You know, hopefully during that time they've nutted down their, their home loan. So that's this is the other mistake. You know, we, we just concentrate on, on getting our home loan down. At the end of the day, we retire. Very little in super if we've been concentrating on the business and then hopefully we're going to get that business sale. And as you said, you know, what, what sort of an economic environment, market environment, what sort of multiples can we expect in 10, 15, 20, 25 years time whenever that sale point it comes comes up on the horizon? You know, it's, I think that retirement should be a time to, to be able to to relax and, and sit back and know that you did a good job and, and you did – all these people would, are doing a wonderful job, but if they're not thinking about the end um, with the end in mind, you know, they, they're, they're really staring down the barrel of something else. But let's not forget that 90% of um, small businesses fail within 10 years, right? Is that the statistic? I'm, I'm, yeah, I think uh, the, the statistics have changed, years.
1: but – fairly consistent from year to year. Like that is a lot of small businesses that don't last 10 years. Yeah. And and then once you've lasted that 10 years, you've then got to
0: have a business that you can sell. Yeah, big time. And if you're not extracting wealth along the way and in the most tax-effective manner possible, you're going to get nowhere near what that uh, sweet spot is in terms of wealth accumulation. And if you've been concentrating on super, this is what people need to remember always, is that in this country, under current legislation, if you're over the age of sixty, fully retired, any income that you're earning or any earnings in your in your super fund are going to be tax free, and any income you draw out is is tax free, right? So if we go back to that two point six million dollars super super balance that's giving you one hundred and thirty grand a year, that's five percent sort of um, passive income. You know that's net income. If if you had to factor tax into that, you're going to need more than two point six. We're up to something like three point two, right? When we factored in the additional tax. So superannuation is one of the most tax effective measures for you to extract wealth out of your business for your retirement purposes, for your reward at the end of the day. And at the same time, every time you do it, you're creating a tax deduction for the business. You know, think about it too, in terms of asset protection, which is a big deal for a lot of small business people. Superannuation is protected against bankruptcy. We're certainly not aiming for bankruptcy, but it's held separate from from bankruptcy. So, you know, if, if some, if, if, if that number of business failures sort of stacks up, and someone finds themselves in that position after they've been extracting wealth from their business into their super, it's 100% protected. You mm-hmm. know? So, so this, this superannuation mechanism is 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 like the the perfect marriage for a small business person. Of course, your cash flow and your revenue flows and your profit margin needs to be what it needs to be, so you can start feeling comfortable. Putting that money into super and, you know, that perception of having it locked away until age 60, well, thank goodness for that, you know, because that's when you're going to need it.
1: Yeah, no, I think when people start business, one of the last things they think about is actually paying themselves yeah. and, and it should be one of the first things because, you know, the business should be able to support not just your current lifestyle but your future lifestyle. You need to be remunerated for your efforts, and you also need to be uh, building up those assets outside of your business Um, because you know that business may not be there like we've got so many failures of business or closures of business and it's not just because maybe business owner wasn't operating the business effectively we've got things like changes of legislation or restrictions on what you can and can't do or even technology changes look you know we look at We've now got mobile phones, pay pay phones don't exist. We've got all the digital cameras in our phones and, yeah, there's nobody printing photographs anymore. (laughs) It's
0: all electronic. Yeah, the death of Kodak is a pretty interesting story, right? (laughs) A massive company that just didn't move along with the times and and, you know, film development for for photos stops and and a huge company like that just goes by the way by and it's over. Yeah. Yeah. So so a lot of
1: things can contribute to your, your business not succeeding or not being able to be sold so we yeah, need which
0: to look at your fault and you might have the perfect um, service proposition perfect product proposition if you don't under the right distribution lines are uh, the right marketing using the right technology as you were saying um, Paul as well like there's so many different things to get right you have to plan you know it's critical to plan in your business to for, for any chance of success I don't think you could fumble your way through an entire lifespan of a business without really doing a plan and 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 surviving
1: mm. you know
0: surely surely I mean maybe there's some lucky people out there all have a very simple kind of um, business concept but uh, I tell you what without without cash flow plan planning without some distribution sort of systems and mechanisms and without even knowing how to manage your staff properly and using all of the right efficiencies required there profit margin doesn't exist you know or it starts to get eaten away very quickly.
1: Yeah, I think there is a lot more to running a business than just turning up on on Monday mm. <laughs> and opening the doors. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, we we've, we've talked about this, but I think let's drive home this. There's three key aspects here that we need to address as business owners. I think the first one is we need to plan for our, yeah, you know, immediate business, so our 12 to three month, uh, sorry, 12 month to three year plan. But we also need to plan for our contributions to super to fund our retirement or how we extract wealth out of our business. And that sort of ties in with that that initial planning. And the third stage, which I see very few businesses actually, um, actually do, is think about how they're going to exit from the business. Now, I often get told, no, I'm not going to exit from my business. I've got news for you, you are, whether it's voluntarily or involuntarily, you will exit your business at some point. So, might as well plan to maximize the value of that. So, there's a lot of planning that comes into maximizing the exit price or the exit value and how much you get from retirement. And then, then there's strategies to actually maximize the tax effectiveness of, of your retirement. So, Absolutely,
0: and you know, I mean, the end game after after the small business capital gains tax concessions, you know, the the, the my my favourite, of course, is the five hundred thousand um, dollar rollover relief, which allows you know a business owner to put five hundred grand of the business sales. But if you've got your life partner, you your as as your partner in the business, that five hundred thousand dollars becomes a million. You know, the the if if your life partner is working in the business with you, a lot of our, a lot of small business, you know, you find that to be. A bit, a, bit, a bit atypical, not always the case, but you know that twenty-seven and a half thousand uh, a year you can put in from the business becomes fifty-five thousand each year. You know you're, you're really compounding the the outcome. So that that forty-year-old example I gave you, that was just assuming a, a single a, a single um, person you know, to to get to that point. So if you if you're able to double double up and utilize those rules along the way to to sort of build up that necessary wealth component. You're setting yourself up for success, you know, and you're doing it in a smart way. And, of course, you've got to think about how it's invested as well. Because one of the other major problems with with self-employed um, small business in, in, in Australia with self-managed super funds is the amount of cash sitting there doing absolutely nothing in, in the lowest lowest cash rate that we've, that we've seen in history. So there, there's a few hats to put on and, and you just have to knuckle down and realise that. It has to be part of plan A. It's not part of plan B. And if your plan A is to, is your business, then superannuation is, part, is is hand in hand the best thing you can start planning with, the long-term outcome, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think we can separate it realistically. No. Um, look, you know, superannuation has to be part of your business operations, your strategy for your business. It has to be part of it, you know. We go into business to fund the lifestyle and the and the financial freedom that we that we want. We need to we need to use all the tools available to us. And, and superannuation is it's concessionally taxed. It's there to encourage um, you to grow your retirement benefits. So you should be capitalising on that as part of your strategy.
0: Other other strategy involved in there too. And this is just sort of even even further um, uh, kind of punches the point through. You know, you're in business, you've built up um, revenue, it makes sense to buy your own business premises. Well, guess what? (laughs) The superannuation laws and the current laws allow you to purchase business real property in a self-managed super fund environment and you can operate out of it, right, for your business. So you're claiming a tax deduction for the rent. The rents, the rents going into the uh, self-managed super fund, it's only been treated as uh, uh, investment return and taxed accordingly. Tax in a self-managed super fund is applied to 15% on your concessional contributions and any earnings is applied after expenses. You know, so if you have a, a limited recourse borrowing arrangement in a self-managed super fund and you are you are holding your own commercial business premises in in a uh, in a bare trust or a custodian trust, the debt repayment. On that is an expense to the fund. (laughs) Okay, so I mean, think about this. So you're making a you're making a concessional contribution every year, twenty seven thousand five hundred. A big chunk of that goes off to pay the um, debt payment on your uh, business real property, and what's left over is taxed at fifteen percent. You know, after any other expenses in the fund, maybe life insurance or, you know, the tax accounting fees, etc. So your actual tax rate at the end of the day is a lot lower than fifteen percent. You know, so you're building wealth in such a most effective manner that you can imagine, and you're getting a tax deduction in the business at the same time, double actually, for the contribution that you're making as a concessional contribution, and also as as an expense to your business for the rental income that you're capturing in your own retirement plan. Yeah, and using the rent there to build up your
1: own wealth, not somebody else's.
0: Exactly. I mean, I can't, the more more you sort of delve into it, you know, from a business owner's perspective, you, you have to start thinking about super, and you know, the statistics suggest that we're just not. Our employees are retiring on average with with nearly was that? Nearly nearly fifty percent more in their super funds than a self-employed person. We're paying them, you know, so that should that should really tell a story that of of neglect. And all it is 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 because we feel like we're we're running on the treadmill with nowhere to go, and we're just trying to keep afloat. But you know, if you're building contingencies, cash flow management, there is a point where you have to start squirreling away money and doing it in the most effective way possible for your outcome. You know, because I think you know I, I have so much respect for small business in this country. As I said, we we float this country without without us. You know, 41% of the of Australians aren't employed. So, don't you think we deserve? To, to be able to have our, our time in the in the sun, you know, after all the hard work is done, um, and, and it's up to us, you know, it's up to us. As, as much as it's up to us to, to run this country with thirty two percent of its GDP, it's up to us to make sure that we don't damage ourselves and leave ourselves, you know, without options at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah
1: that's the, one, the reason reasons we go into business to to actually you know, create that lifestyle, create those choices or enable those choices for us. So don't sabotage that by not planning and not contributing the super.
0: And I think, you know, think contrib- I've had conversations, contributions, I've had conversations with younger entrepreneurs, you know, in the 30 band, and they have this perception that the super rules change so much that they can't depend on it for their retirement. You know, they're, they're worried that the politicians are going to be changing the accessibility rules or or, or the tax rates and all that type of thing, they feel like there isn't any certainty there. So that might be another sort of uh, mindset for, for people uh, that are a little younger. But, um, you know, all we can do is work within the current frameworks that are available to us now, understanding that a lot of the changes that get made, you know, either aren't retrospective when those changes get made or, or they're not meaning to undermine the purpose of, of, of super. You know, different governments will look at superannuation each budget as an opportunity to get more tax without it. Sort of without without that because it's taxed so concessionally. You know, so yeah, there's there's just thought around that, I guess. But you, you've got to, regardless of what happens in any space, at the end of the day, we superannuation is designed to be a much more tax-effective measure than any other component. And you know, in in this country, even as it stands today, over 60 fully retired, it's it's zero tax environment. It's zero tax environment. You know, that's, that's an incredible um, place to sort of be building your wealth. It's, I think it's fascinating. I think it's outstanding, actually. Yeah, most people are looking, you're looking for zero tax. It came bank account, but, uh, I don't think you're allowed to do that. So, <laughs> well, I think the only other place you get a zero
1: percent tax rate is when you're not making money. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: making so, so super is, is the way to go. and And the time to start is now.
0: Absolutely, yep. right now. Yeah. right. So you know, I guess the other thing to think about is the uh, the pension balance cap. So when I say that's completely tax-free, it's completely tax free, it's tax free up to the up to the pension caps of one point seven mil each. So that's that's another that's to be technically uh, correct on that. But you know, that two point six million dollar mark for for um, a two person um, retire retiree kind of uh, situation, husband and wife or husband and husband or wife and wife or whatever whatever happens in the world these days. You know, that that's uh, that's a completely um, reasonable outcome and i have you know majority of my clients are floating up in that space towards retirement but they've they've had to do a lot of work to get there and and they have had a major focus on uh, on superannuation you want to retire with anything close to what you need you can't just rely on the the superannuation guarantee payment you've got to think about you know if you're an employee you've got to think about salary sacrifice if you're if you're self-employed you have to think about extracting that that concessional contribution up to the cap you have to think about that and you know, as, as your business allows you to extract more and more personal wealth, the opportunity then is to start con- personally contributing money into your super fund as you get closer to age 60 because that's where you want it all to be, you know. But if you don't extract wealth from your business along the way, you know, you're, you're just not setting yourself up for success.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, I think you've highlighted uh, there's going to be a couple of future conversations we need to have on on the business behind your business, looking at how you extract wealth or how you plan to do that. So, we're looking Mm -hmm. at this business planning and how much income do you need? And I guess the other one, which uh, we really need to delve into, is how do you maximize the value of your business when you exit? starting mm. now so there are a couple of conversations that we're going to be having in the new year yeah. so uh, looking forward to those but Jim thank you again for your time and your expert comments and and, and encouragement to to think about your future and, and think about using the incentives and and the system that's available to to maximize your retirement benefits. Absolute pleasure Paul thanks for having me on. Not a problem always good to hear from you Jim thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. Do you have a question you'd like our team of experts to answer? If you do, send your question to podcast at thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com. To hear more from The Business Behind Your Business, don't forget to subscribe using your favorite podcast player, or you can visit the businessbehindyourbusiness.com website.